You are listening to the Pursuit Church Essay Podcast. We are a group of imperfect, real people on a mission to pursue God and love people. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. This month, our sermon series is going to focus on relationships. Now, we're created for relationship. God created us for relationships, first with Him and then with each other, right? So, of course, we need to focus on that. We need to do relationships well. They're important to God, so they need to be important to us too, right? Well, we know that it's pretty easy to love people that we like. You know, those that you like, they like you. They are kind to you. They treat you with respect and honor. That's easy. That's super easy to love those people. But what do we do with the difficult people in our lives? the really difficult people in our lives, those last nerve people, you know, the ones that get on your last nerve. What do you do with that? How do you handle that? Well, we wanted to have a little fun this month with our um, series title. So the name of the series for this month is Relational Vampires. I know that's not biblical, but it's fun, right? Get your attention and you'll come back, right? (laughs) But the series is all about how to deal with those who suck the life out of you. Now, there's a few types that we're going to talk about, but this week, the focus is on controlling people, those controllers, the people that always have to have everything under control. They also are known as control freaks, right? Maybe you're the control freak. I don't know. Maybe I'm the control freak. If you would have asked my daughters when they were teenagers, they would have said, yeah, mom's a control freak. They would have absolutely said that, but but that's all right, right? I don't know of any parent who couldn't be accused of being a control freak at one point or another, right? You know, it's kind of funny too, um, but that's not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about controlling people. What I'm talking about are the people that manipulate to get what they want. They're scheming, they're manipulating. And the main characteristic of a controlling spirit is manipulation. Now I want you to notice I said a controlling spirit Hang on a minute, because I want to teach a little bit. Let me ask you this. Have you ever done something wrong, and you don't know why you did it? You knew it was wrong, but you just couldn't help yourself, and you did it anyway. Has anybody ever done that? Well, that's called temptation. And we all know where that came from, right? But the problem is, when we give in to our temptations, there are major consequences that come with it. The biggest one, besides getting out of right relationship with God in that moment, is that we have opened a door for the enemy to wreak havoc in our lives when we succumb to that temptation. And what I mean by that is, let me, let me tell you a little bit about our enemy, and I'm always going to talk about that because we need to know. What we don't know can hurt us. The devil is a legalist, and what that means is he won't go anywhere that we haven't allowed him to come. He'll push the boundary, he'll tempt us, but he won't go there unless we allow him. And because he hasn't been given legal authority. Again, he's a legalist, he abides by the rules. He's like an evil lawyer, you know what I mean? So what do you do with controlling people? Because they're being operated under a controlling spirit. Well, let me tell you a little bit about them first. Most controllers are wounded. They have had some kind of pain or they're afraid. And that's what leads them to want to take control of the situation all the time or take control of of the world around them. 
It's out of a pain and a hurt. And scripture says that we are to give our hurts and our pains and our fear to God, right? Well, this is how that spirit gets in. When we don't, or when a controlling person doesn't allow God to come in and heal their pain and relieve their fears, and they don't obey what God says to do, that's that door that they opened. That's the door of sin that they opened to allow that spirit to come in and to just wreak havoc, to basically take over their life. And I wanna say this, when a controlling person holds on to fear or pain, they are submitted to that and not submitted to God. That's the problem. That's the sin. And that's sin. We have to see it for what it is. That created the open door for the controlling spirit. And you know, controlling people are everywhere because there are a lot of hurting people in this world, right? There are a lot of people who are out there afraid. There's a lot to be afraid of when you think about it right now going on in this world. But let me tell you how you can recognize a spirit of control or when a spirit of control is at operation in someone we know, right? The main characteristic of a controlling person is manipulation. And the two main tactics they use are threats and guilt. Think about that. <laughs> They're manipulation and the tools are threats and guilt. Now, the threats, they make you feel like they're telling you. They may not actually say it, but it feels like they're telling you, you better do this or you're gonna be sorry. And it could be that passive aggressive, you're gonna be sorry. Like they're gonna ghost you. They're gonna, what do you call it, gaslight you. You know what I mean? They're gonna, they're gonna do the passive aggressive thing if you don't do what they want you to do because you didn't give in to them, right? And you know the feeling, it's like you're walking on eggshells all the time around that person. You can never do everything right. You can't even sometimes do anything right. And you know, I had a boss like that one time. She would tell me to do something and y'all, I, I was an avid note taker. I would take notes, I would write it down, almost verbatim and I would go and I would do it, right? And I've always been that kind of person that I would go a little bit beyond what was expected, right? Always a little bit further, right? And I would do my very best. And then she would turn around and swear she never said that. I was like, she was psycho. She was literally, she had some serious issues to do that. But I felt like I was always walking on eggshells. I felt like, what am I going to do? And it, it was such a stressful environment for me because I was the main breadwinner. I needed my job. But I always felt like I was just one thing away from being fired or being written up. And you know, you get so many write-ups back in the day, you were out. It was very stressful. And it was because I was in that controlling environment and it was kind of a passive aggressive weird way. And then there's other things that, um, like for example, if you don't pay attention to them, they'll ignore you. They'll, it's like they're gonna do it back to you. You may not even have noticed them, but then they're all mad all of a sudden. What is, what's up with that? It's that controlling spirit. The other tactic they use is guilt, okay? And they'll say things like, you know, after all I've done for you, dot, dot, dot. Or, or they'll say, you know, you're supposedly a Christian. You shouldn't, or you should. That's so judgy. Anyway, and they'll say stuff like, well, if you really loved me, you would, or you wouldn't. It's that guilt. It's like that guilt, constant dumping, dumping, dumping guilt on them. And this is one of my all-time favorites. You made me do that when you did this. Really? Because we have the ability to make another person do something? No, we can't even control ourselves half the time. How are we gonna control somebody else, right? right. You know, you see what you're, you're dealing with in a controlling person, right? So what do you do with it? What do we do with that now? Do we keep allowing them free reign in and out of our lives, come what may? 
I mean, you know, the Bible does say we're supposed to love people, right? We're supposed to love people like Jesus loves people, right? Well, I'm not Jesus, y'all. So don't expect too much of me, okay? I'm trying. But you know what? I'm gonna be the first person to tell you that if someone is psychologically or physically abusing you, you need to go. You need to let them go and you need to go. You need to get safe, you need to get free. And I will say it again, I will be the first person to say that it's not about canceling someone, it's about setting up a boundary, a boundary that keeps you safe and keeps you walking in what you're supposed to be doing. But at the same time, we need to remember that God is not into the cancel culture. That's not what he's about. But he's also not into allowing us to tie ourselves up into bondage to somebody or something. Now keep this in mind. If you are in a relationship with a controlling person, you have to learn to not allow their controlling behavior control you. How do you do that? You turn to Jesus and you watch what he did. Because you know what? All along his journey, Jesus encountered controlling people. Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 21, we see how Jesus handled a situation when someone tried to control him. So let's read it together. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many, many things at the hands of the elders, for the chiefs, chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. But then, watch this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he, Jesus, turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan, you are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So in this passage of scripture, we have Jesus clearly telling his disciples that he was going to fulfill God's will for his life. He was telling them what he was sent to do and that he was going to do it. But Peter unintentionally, I want to say that again, he didn't do it on purpose, trying to do what he thinks is right, literally tries to take control of Jesus. And again, in a very, very unintentional way, Peter tries to distract Jesus from what God sent him to do. Y'all, Jesus was literally explaining to his disciples that he had to suffer, he had to die, and he was going to give his life up for humanity, but God would raise him again from the dead. He was spelling it all out real, real clear. And then Peter pops off and says, no, I'm going to take it from here. I'm going to make sure this doesn't happen. I mean, cut somebody's ear off, right? Peter rebuked Jesus, but he took him aside. Notice that. Sometimes controllers and manipulators try to get you alone so they can impose their will upon you. That's what Peter was doing. He got Jesus alone and he said, no, this can't ever happen to you. This is not what I want, so I'm not gonna let it happen. That's basically what he was saying. Peter was trying to control the outcome though because he was afraid of losing Jesus. There are three things that Jesus did when Peter was trying to manipulate him. And these are the three things that we need to do to be able to deal with the controllers in our lives. 
We need to remember, recognize, and realize. Remember what you are called to do. Every one of us has a calling from God. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are his workmanship, his masterpiece created for good things, to do good things for his glory. That's, we all have a calling. And Jesus was so clear about what his calling was. Over and over again, you have Jesus telling it in many different ways exactly what his clear and intentional mission was and why God sent him here on earth and also who he came for. Jesus said in the scripture, I came to seek and save the lost. I did not come for those who are healthy, but I came for those who are sick. And Jesus also said, I didn't come for the righteous, you know, the, the holy people, but I came for the sinners. Jesus was crystal clear all throughout his time why he was here. And he was describing that to Peter. Y'all, I, I need y'all to really hear me on this. For you, for me, for us to be able to truly love those people who are trying to control us, we must clearly understand our calling. You must clearly know and understand your calling, what it is that God is calling you to do. You know, you might be thinking, I don't know what my calling is. Because when you hear that word, you think, oh, it's this grand, big thing, like, you know, being a missionary to a foreign country. That's not my calling. Mm -mm. That's not my calling at all. Um, I've, I've done foreign missions, and that's great, but no, that's not my calling. You know, it, you may think that it's, you know, to open up a battered women's shelter or even be a street evangelist. And that's cool. That may be your calling. But, y'all, I don't, I don't think our callings are really that specific. I don't think that... Um, that God outlines it in such a detail. Yes, he's a God of detail and he is in the details, but I think he, I know he knows us and he knows that sometimes, you know, I'm just, I'm just gonna paint it with a broad brush. And I don't think our callings are so specific, but I know that we all have a calling. And I know that maybe if you may not be called to a specific occupation or a specific job, but I can tell you this for sure, you are called to witness to the people at the job you have. That's a fact. You know, God blesses us so that we can be a blessing. And we've said that over and over. He gives so that we can be like rivers that the water runs through, not like a cistern to, to dam it all up. But he gives so that we can bless others. And God provides us blessings like a job so that we will be able to take care of those blessings. He expects us to take care of those blessings to steward well. And you know, I get it. You know, you, you may not like your job. You may hate your boss, okay? I, I get it. I mean, I had a crazy boss. I get it. I understand that. But if God opened that door for you right there, then that is where your calling is to reach those people for Jesus. Whatever it looks like. You don't got to preach to them. You don't got to throw, you know, Bibles at them. No, 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 no. Just be the hands and feet of Jesus. Love and live like he did. Do your best and let God do the rest. That's where you're called to be. Whether you like your job or you don't. Whether you don't like your boss or you don't, pray for your boss. Maybe their heart will change, right? Prayer is huge. Prayer is how we change things in this world, in God's world. And, you know, if you have children, then your calling is to be a godly parent. 
to train them up in how they should go. That's what the scripture says. Train them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. You're supposed to, and they won't, they won't come back from it. They will stay with God's word. It will get down in them. Whether they believe it, whether they're listening or not, God's word does not return void. But as a parent, that's our job. Our job is to teach our children how to be good citizens in the future, how to grow up and be responsible adults. First and foremost, how to love and live like Jesus and to love God. That's your calling as a parent. You know, I wanna, I wanna clarify and maybe demystify this whole calling thing by sharing with you that your calling will always, always, always involve your sphere of influence. The people around you that you are already in a relationship with, that is your sphere of influence. Those are the people that you can influence for Jesus right now, right now. And that's your calling. That's all of our callings. God brought those relationships across your path with a purpose. And if some of those relationships are with controlling people, we gotta learn how to get along with them. We gotta learn how to love them despite whatever. And the key is, here's the key, it's a freebie. Don't let your personality get in the way. Now what I mean by that is, how many in here could be considering themselves people pleasers? Raise your hand, show me. I want y'all to get real here. Turn the lights down. <laughs> Turn the lights down. Who, who considers himself a people pleaser? I mean, you could just say amen in your mind. That's good. But it's okay. I get it. I was there. I get it. And sometimes I can kind of tend to go back there, but then the other side of me is like, not too bad. I'm not, I don't mean it like that. But who, who is like that? Who is so, sometimes you just, you just want to be liked. Everybody wants to be liked, right? Everybody wants to make their friends and their family, their coworkers happy, right? I think people pleasers take it to another level though. You do things and you react to things out of a different place, out of a place outside of God's calling for you. Because you know what? The one thing about people pleasing, and you probably need to write this down, is it's actually a form of, of idolatry. That sounds hard. I know, I'm not trying to come at y'all hard this morning. But people-pleasing is actually a form of idolatry because you are putting someone else's opinion of you in front of what God is telling you to do. You're saying what you think of me is more important than what God's called me to do. You can't let people control you. We have to start with being very clear on what our calling is from God. Understanding our calling is important because it clarifies. It brings clarity. You know, y'all, there's a lot of people out there with a very clear idea of what I should do with my time, what I should do with money, what I should do with resources. A lot of people out there. Same thing's true for you, I'm sure. If you sit there and think about it, there are people in your life that have an opinion as to what you should and shouldn't be doing with all your resources, right? Those same thing, those same people are the ones who want to control. And they say stuff like this, you should do this, or you should go there, or why don't you buy this, or you should do this for me. But when you know what your calling is and what you're called to do, it brings clarity. It gives you boundaries for your life. It allows you to say no to some things that you know God did not put on your plate. That's why we got to know our calling. There are a lot of people who want me to do exactly what they want me to do, exactly how they want me to do it, and exactly when they want me to do it. But you know what? I had to put this to rest a long time ago. I cannot please everybody. 
we need to be okay with saying that and knowing that. Let that get down your spirit. You cannot please everybody. I cannot meet up with every single person who wants to meet up. I don't have enough time in the day. I am, we are bivocational pastors. We have a full-time business. We're running a business here and in Houston. I ain't got time. It's not that I don't love you, but we're also full-time pastors. There are people that want to meet up. I don't have it. I don't have that margin right now. I can't please everybody, but what I can do and what you can do is exactly what God called you to do in this season of your life. Does anybody else feel like that's what's going on in their life sometimes? You have to know your calling. You have to know what you've been called by God to do. I keep saying that, but I can't say it enough. And why does it even matter? Why does that matter? Because every controlling person has someone who allows it. There's words for it like codependent, enabler, but the bottom line is every controlling person has someone who is allowing it. The person who's doing the controlling, absolutely, they got a problem. But guess what? If we're allowing someone to control our lives, we have a problem too. And it's called disobedience. That's why knowing your calling is so important. Clarify your calling, know your calling in this season. What is it that God is calling you to do right now in this season? And I just want to say this on the side, it's not in my notes, but your calling may change as seasons of your life change. When my girls were little, I was called to be their mom. I had authority over them as their mom. Well, they're grown now, they're on their own. Yes, I pray for them, I love them, I you know, help them out as I can, as they need it, whatever, but I'm not called to parent them like that anymore. That calling has changed. I will always be their mom, but we're more like in the stage of our relationship where I'm just kind of like, take a step back. If you need some advice, you know where to find me. And, and you know, I have to admit, y'all, sometimes I get up in their business, okay? I have to repent when I see them doing crazy stuff. <laughs> or if my grandkids tell me something, I got to be careful with that. But we need to know what we're called to do. <laughs> the second thing that we need to do to be able to deal with the controlling people in our lives is we need to recognize when someone is trying to control us. Recognize. So remember your calling. Recognize when someone's trying to control you. You need to realize when someone is pushing you towards what they want you to do and away from what God has called you to do. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 16. Jesus is telling them what God was calling them to do. And then we have Peter who gets all up in Jesus's face and he's telling him, no, 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 no. I'm not gonna let that happen. Why did Peter do this? Was it because he was a bad person? Was he trying to manipulate Jesus intentionally? No, no. Peter loved Jesus and Jesus loved Peter. Right before that happened, Jesus was praising Peter, basically blessing him, saying, you are blessed because you, are, you know that the Holy Spirit, you know that by the power of the Holy Spirit. In other words, he was saying, Peter, you're blessed because you're being spirit led in this moment. And then he doubles down and Jesus said, on this rock, I'll build my church. So Jesus loved Peter and Peter loved Jesus. It wasn't that Peter was a bad person. It was that Peter was distracting Jesus. And most of the time, the controlling people in our lives, they're not bad people. They're people we love, they're people we know. But in that moment, Peter was putting what he wanted ahead of what God called him to do. And so do the controlling people in our lives. They wanna put their agenda ahead of what God called us to do. And that's why we have to recognize when we're called to something. And then we need to see 
who's trying to push their agenda off on us to get us off course. Recognize, recognize, see, see who's trying to control you and how they're trying to push their agenda on you. So why did Peter try to control Jesus again? Because in that moment, he didn't understand God's plan. That's why we have to recognize what's going on in our lives. The person who's trying to control you, they may be a really good person. You love them, they love you, but y'all, we have to recognize, we have to recognize when they're either intentionally or unintentionally using threats or guilt to try to manipulate us into doing something they want us to do. Or we need to open up our eyes and see when they're trying to isolate us so that they can manipulate us. Isolation is the worst place to be, especially around a controlling person, because you're not, you don't have those voices of wisdom around you speaking into you when you're off by yourself with that controller. And, it, and it's hard. You need to recognize when they're trying to get you to meet the needs that you were never, ever designed to meet. And that's a lot of times what happens. Controlling people want you to meet a need that God didn't put for you to do. That's not your job to do that. Maybe God needs to meet that need. But again, controlling people want to control the narrative. They want to control things because their life, they feel out of control. And I'm not going to go all pop psychology on you, but that's a fact. Controlling people need to control the narrative. They need to have some kind of order because they're afraid of it being out of control. Remember, pain and fear drive controlling people. You have to know your calling, know your lane, know your purpose during this season of your life, and then recognize those who want to control you. The last thing is to realize when it's time to draw that line in the sand and then do it. Do it. It's one thing to know, it's another thing to do. Or better said, it's one way to know, but another thing to go, okay? Realize when that's happening, draw the line in the sand. And I'm not saying we cancel people. That's not what this is about. Don't hear that. If, I'm, if you're, that's what you're hearing, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying we cancel people. But what I am saying is that we have to stand our ground and not let someone else's agenda get us off track from what God is calling us to do. God's agenda is not necessarily their agenda. And that's exactly what Jesus did to Peter. And you say, well, that's Jesus. Well, I mean, you know, we're trying to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus, right? So we need to learn to live and love like Jesus did. And if Jesus did it, then we probably should be doing it too. Jesus didn't sit there and play with Peter. When Peter got all up in his face and started to assert his will and what he wanted, Jesus definitely, clearly, quickly drew a line in the sand very clearly. And he said, get behind me, Satan. You're trying to take me off course. You're trying to distract me. You're trying to mess up what I'm, I'm, I was called here to do. You're only thinking about what you want. But what if, let, let's do a little what if here. What if Jesus was more concerned with what Peter thought of him than what God had called him to do? What if? What if the conversation went more like this? Peter says to Jesus, no, no, I don't do that. I don't want you to do that. I want you to stay here with us. Let's go do some more miracles. Let's hang out. Let's, let's, you know, let's go preach to the 3000s again. Let's do that again. Let's do that bread and fish thing again. Don't, don't go die. And then what if Jesus were to say, hmm, all right, all right, I'll do that. 
I'll hang out with you. I'll hang out with them. We'll chill somewhere here on earth. And, you know, we'll just, I'll just be with you all the time. You know, I don't want you to be mad at me. I don't, I don't want you to feel bad. Um, I'm going to pour into your feelings and I want you to feel happy. And I want you to feel like I love you. So instead of going to the cross for all of us, what if he would have stopped what he was doing and gave in to that because he didn't want Peter to, to ghost him or cancel him or unfriend him on social media? Jesus didn't do that. Thank God. Jesus did not do that. Jesus saw. Yeah, that deserves a hand clap. <laughs> he didn't do that. You know why? Because Jesus recognized. He saw that controlling evil spirit that was working through Peter. He saw it and he called it straight out. He said, get behind me, Satan. He didn't say Peter, he said Satan. He saw what was going on. We need to see what's going on, y'all. We have eyes. Ask God to give us eyes to see what's going on. We are spirit beings. We are created in the image of God Almighty who is a spirit. We are spirit beings. Does it not make sense to you that spirits would try to get us off course? You think that's an accident? You think that person's just crazy? No, 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 no. Jesus saw that was a controlling spirit and he spoke to it and he said, get behind me. You're a hindrance. We must remember what we're called to do. We must recognize when someone is trying to get us off track and then we have to realize when it's time to draw the line in the sand and then we got to do it. I want y'all to hear my heart on this, what I'm about to say. The relationships we have right now are a combination of what we have created and what we have allowed. I'm gonna say it again. The relationships we have right now are a combination of what we've created and what we've allowed. We've purposely created it or we've passively allowed it. That person that drives you crazy, your mother-in-law that's all up in your business, God rest my mother-in-law's soul, but she was always in our business, okay? That spouse that you love, yet you continue to do that thing. Those relationships, whether they're functional or dysfunctional, are a combination of what you have created and what you have allowed. So now what? What's the next step? This is the next step. If you don't like what you have, change what you expect and change what you accept change. Realize when it's time to draw the line in the sand. You know, y'all, Jesus loved Peter, but Peter was trying to manipulate him. He was unintentionally, again, I'm going to say it again, he was unintentionally trying to manipulate Jesus into getting him off his calling and doing what he wanted him to do. And out of the will of God, that's the key there. We can't get out of the will of God. There's a blessing in the will of God. We got to stay in the will of God. You can make a mistake, you repent, you ask for forgiveness, you get right back on track. But if you consistently sit under someone who's trying to control you and you consistently allow them to do that, y'all, out of the will of God. And I ain't come here to do all this doom and gloom, but I just want you to see. I want you to open your eyes. It's our job to help you open your eyes. Somebody opened my eyes. Somebody taught me. I want you to know, see it for what it is. And if you don't see it, but you kind of suspect it or you smell it maybe, ask God to give you eyes to see and he will do it. He is faithful. And you know, sometimes we just have to tell people, 
I'm not going to let you talk to me like that. That is not appropriate. We have to say it. I say it. We have to say it. Be bold. You have to tell them, I care about you, but you're not going to treat me that way. You got to say it, y'all. In love, being led by the Holy Spirit, but you got to say some stuff. You got to open your mouth. We have to say, I know this is hard, and because I love you, I am not going to bail you out again, or I'm not going to pay your rent, or I'm not going to let you use me again. I know it's hard. This is a hard message. But this is what we call courageous conversations. And it's because it's going to take a lot of courage to have these conversations. But God, do you have courage to say this? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. It's hard. You probably don't. It's hard to face down a controlling person when you've allowed them to do that for so long. The longer you allow it, the harder it gets, right? But God will give you the courage you need. He is faithful. He'll give you the courage. Ask him for the courage. And then you got to take a step of faith and you got to just say it. You got to speak up. And if you're that controlling person, y'all, it's time to change. It's time to change. There's mercy, there's grace, but sometimes you just got to recognize it and change. Let God work it out in you. This is a year of growth for Pursuit Church for you. This is a year of growth. And if we're gonna really be able to grow in our walk with God, in the likeness of Jesus, grow into healthy relationships, we're gonna have to do some things. We're gonna have to have courageous conversations and we're gonna have to take some leaps of faith. Now I wanna get this, I guess I wanna get a little bit more personal right now. If you're that helicopter mom, that you're always in your kids' lives, in their business, every single moment of the day, let those babies go. Give them some space. I say it with love. And I know, I know it's hard to be a parent in the world we're in now. It's way harder now than it was when I was raising my kids. I want to validate that. And I want to say, I get it. I get it. I got grandbabies now. I get it. But helicopter mom, you got to give the baby some space. You cannot control everything. You cannot control who's around your child 24-7. It is impossible. Unless they're a little toddler, and even then it gets a little dicey. I don't think I can control my kids after about the age of four. Um, but if you're still trying to do that, do you really think that that control is going to change the destiny of their life? Do you really think that's going to go well? You can't control things, but guess what? God can God can absolutely control things. He can protect them. He can put their feet on the right path. He whispers in their ear. Isaiah says, whispers in our ear. You'll hear the voice that says, go this way, don't go that way. That's God. He will take care of your babies. You gotta trust Him. He can open up doors. He can take care of them. Moms and dads, I'm gonna be real, real right now. Do not let your dreams and your desires do not let that get in the way of God's will for your children's lives. We all have dreams and desires for our kids. Lord knows I absolutely had crazy dreams for my kids. Are they walking in that? Nope. But you know what? They're doing what God's called them to do and that's okay with me. So let's be careful 
as parents. Let's not do that to our kids. And I know, you know, you may be sitting there thinking, well, you don't know what it's like. You're not trying to raise kids right now. You're right, I'm not. My kids are grown, but I do know what it's like. I know that it's scary to turn your babies loose, send them to school these days. I know that, but guess what? God knows it even more, so He's protecting them. He sends ministering spirits, angels to watch over them. The Holy Spirit goes before them. Pray for them, pray for them. Here's the thing, Mom. If you keep trying to control their lives, they're not gonna be able to learn from their mistakes. And then what? Let me ask you this. What if my mom would have tried to keep control of me all my life when I was a teenager and then into college? What if she would have been trying to control my life so much? I wouldn't have made the mistakes I made and learned the things I learned so that I could sow that wisdom God gave me into other people. That's part of your children's destiny, to learn about God, learn about His ways, learn from their mistakes. I'm not saying they're not gonna make mistakes. I'm not saying they are, but I am saying that whatever mistakes they make, let them make those mistakes. In other words, let them hit the rock, but don't let them hit the rock too hard and let them learn from those mistakes so that they will have a testimony to the goodness and the faithfulness of God, y'all. Don't hinder that process in their lives. Let them walk in the calling that God has for them. Keep your eye on them. Absolutely keep your eye on them. Back in the day, if they would have had that GPS thing, you can, or your find your phone thing that you have now, those girls would have never done half the stuff they did. I tell you that right now. Keep your eye on them as much as you can. Pray for them. You gotta pray for your kids. Pray for them. Teach them how to live like Jesus wants them to live. Teach them how to love God and then trust them to God. And always, always remember that God loves our kids way more than we will ever be able to. He loves them more than we do. As a parent, that's hard to fathom, but that's a fact. Now I wanna talk to the spouse or the loved one of an addict. Threatening, hollering, screaming, whatever's going on that you're trying to do to try to take control of that person, that's not gonna help them overcome that addiction. That's not gonna work. But you know what? God can. God can take an addict strung out on who knows what and he can lift them up. He can set their feet on a rock. He can bring them out of that darkness, translate them into the kingdom of light. He can break chains of addiction like that. All your hollering and, and crying and threatening, that's not gonna work. God works. Let him do his job. Pray for them and then release them to God. Trust him to do a good work in them, just like he's doing in you. He's faithful, he's gonna do it. And I know that some of you might be struggling with control right now. I know that. I think sometimes it might be part of that original sin in women. You know, we wanna control things. I get that, maybe you don't. Maybe that's just me talking to myself. M maybe you're struggling with control. That's all right, but let it go. Set yourself free. Be free, give that to God. Walk in God's will for your life and let God be God. Let him be God, he's good, he's better than we are. Anytime we let someone else wrongly control us or we try to control someone else, essentially we're trying to be God. That's hard, but think about that. 
When you're trying to take control of something or you're allowing, you're submitting yourself under somebody else's control, you're trying to be God. You're trying to say, I know what's best for my life. I got this. We can't do that, y'all. We have to surrender our wills, our wills. Southern in me comes out. We have to surrender our wills, our desires, our dreams. We have to surrender those to God. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. Trust that the spirit of God will change things. Realize that you cannot control things and be willing to die to yourself and submit your desires under the will of God. If we truly wanna experience growth this year and we really wanna follow Jesus, it's no longer about what we want. It's all about what he wants. That's all that matters. If you will, we just bow your heads a minute and close your eyes. I, I wanna pray for us. You know, <clears throat> if you're here today and maybe you're in a relationship with someone who's, who's just controlling you, you know, someone who's trying to push their own agenda or will off on you, I wanna pray for you. I wanna pray for you. Think about that for a moment. And maybe you're the one who's struggling, struggling with control. You know, you're not intentionally trying to mess up somebody's life, but you're just struggling with control. If you can now see that a controlling spirit is behind that. I just wanna pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you so much. Jesus, we love you. You're so good to us. God, I thank you for revelation knowledge today, Lord. I thank you that you give us courage that we need to do exactly what you've called us to do. Courage to step up and speak the truth in love to those that are, that are maybe unintentionally controlling us. God, show us doors that we might have left open to the enemy, to a controlling spirit, and then give us what we need to slam those doors shut in Jesus' name. God, protect our hearts and our minds from people that are trying to control us or trying to impose their will on us. God, give us again courage, boldness, and discernment to know what to say. And God, give us the grace to say it. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name. If you just still keep your, your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I wanna pray for those. Maybe, you know, you're not sure if you've asked God into your life. You're not sure if you've truly surrendered everything to Him. Or maybe you just need to, to give it to Him again. Maybe you just need to, to repent of some things right now. You can pray out loud with me or you can pray this in your heart, but I wanna pray for that. Dear God, forgive me for my sin. I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty that I owed. I receive your forgiveness. I ask you to create in me a new heart and a willing spirit to do everything you've called me to do and to become everything you've created me to be. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. If God is transforming your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give at PursuitChurchSA.com slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to follow us to enjoy more messages like this.